Hello there and welcome to season one of the Misty Green Living podcast. I'm Leonie Byrne, coming to you across the airwaves from County Wicklow in Ireland. It's great to be back here talking to you again today. I thought I'd start this week by telling you a bit about what's been going on with us here. Well, we're into February, which means that here on our sheep farm, lambing time is pretty imminent. In fact, by the time this goes live, we may even have had our first baby sheep. For the uninitiated, lambing time is when our sheep will have their lambs. It'll go on for a period of six weeks because we control when the ram is out with our females and we calculate when tupping, also called breeding or mating season, will happen based on when we want our lambs to be born. That means that way back in September, the rams went out for a six-week-long party with our breeding females, and this upcoming season of craziness is the result. I'm spending lots of time in the sheep sheds, getting prepared for what I hope will be a really successful lambing season. All of our pregnant ladies are housed, which means that they're tucked up away from the cold wind and rain in our sheep sheds. Actually, before I go on, I should probably explain... I often refer to our breeding flock as the girls or the ladies. It's become a bit of a habit over the years and I suppose it's as near to a form of endearment as you can get when you have such a large number of animals. I spend a lot of time on my own with them during the winter, so I'm constantly chattering to them. The secrets they could tell you. Because we're quite literally about to start lambing, there's been plenty to get ready so that when those first lambs hit the ground, we're as ready as we can be and not frantically trying to find all the bits we need. Nature has an incredible way of looking after things herself. As a mum, I'm endlessly fascinated when I watch a sheep go through the process of labour and birth before jumping up and starting to tend to the newborn. She produces the perfect milk, protects them, and for the most part, she can do all this without any intervention from the farmer. However, it's our job to look after the new mum and her new offspring so that everything can go as smoothly as possible. And if there are any little issues, we can jump in, ready to lend a hand. Now, before I get too far into all this, I want to start by explaining a few basic but important sheep terms. Some you'll have heard before and others maybe not. A ewe, or yo as they're called around these parts, is an adult female sheep. Of over about two years. The majority of our breeding stock are yos. Then we have our yo lambs. These girls were born during last year's lambing season here on the farm, so they're almost a year old and we've kept them as replacements for our own breeding flock. Out of about 40 yo lambs, just 15 are pregnant and due to have lambs. You might hear me referring to hoggets. These are female sheep that are usually between about a year and two years old. They're sometimes called shearlings. I'm pretty sure you get the concept of a ram. Obviously, that's a male sheep that would be used as a sire or for breeding. A ram lamb is a young male sheep and a wether is a castrated male sheep. I think that about covers it. There may be some other regional terms, but if I come across any of these as we go along, I'll let you know. So, I mentioned the girls are housed. Our farmyard is a two-minute walk away from our home. There is a series of sheds there that are currently being used predominantly as living spaces for the pregnant sheep over the winter and into the coming lambing season. Way back in autumn, well before we had started to think about lambing time, 
those sheds were given a good washout. We have a beast of a power washer that runs on petrol. So over the course of a couple of weeks, we wash them out and disinfect them to remove any lingering nastiness. It's a bit of a process and better done when it's warmer out, but that's just the way it goes some years. We remove everything we can out of the sheds for that cleaning process, including infrastructure like gates and feeders. They get washed and disinfected separately. We let everything dry out and then we get each shed ready for housing by setting the main pens up again in each. If you followed along on Insta, remember, it's Misty Green Living, you'll have seen the layout of those pens and will have a bit of an idea of what I'm talking about. If not, you're welcome to check out my highlights on Instagram. If you click on the one called The Farm, you'll see what I'm talking about. Anyway, just prior to bringing the sheep in for the winter, we lime the pens and then bed them with lovely fresh golden straw. This year, each of the main pens accommodates about 45 of our yos, and those few yo lambs are in there with them too. Each group has access to an all-you-can-eat buffet of silage, which is fermented grass that we cut from our own fields last summer. So their job is basically to eat, chill out and grow their bellies. The best part of the whole arrangement is that I can feed them using the tractor, which makes my life so much easier you wouldn't believe. My first year, everything was being done with a wheelbarrow because I would not set foot in our whole tractor. It was an absolute death trap with no handbrake and it required a can of Easy Start to get going every time. Now, I don't even know what Easy Start is, but I did know that I wasn't getting involved with it. In those big pens, we grouped the yos by litter size. Back just before Christmas, we had a gent who scanned all of them, the very same way us women are given ultrasounds when we're expecting. He tells us how many lambs are in each, and he marks the mums on their back. He even lets us know which animals will lamb earlier or later in the season. It's a fascinating process to watch, and so fast. It took less than two hours for our whole flock to be scanned. About three weeks ago, we split the sheep up according to how many lambs they'll have. Triplets are together, twins together, there are actually two groups of those, and then all the singles together. It's important for us to divide the sheep up this way, because in the run-up to lambing time, we also need to supplement the feed that they're getting to ensure that while they are growing their lambs, the mums mustn't lose condition, because otherwise they won't be able to feed their lambs, care for them and produce milk well. About three weeks ago, we split the sheep up according to how many lambs they'll have. The triplets are together, the twins are together, there's actually two groups of those, and all the singles are together. It's really important for us to divide the sheep up this way because in the run-up to lambing time, we also need to supplement that silage that they're getting to ensure that while they are growing their lambs, the mums themselves don't lose condition. If they do, they won't be able to care for those lambs and produce milk well after birth. Supplementing their feed... I've already mentioned the silage, but in addition to that, we've been giving the mums oats and soya. The ration is worked out and fed daily, initially once a day, and as it increases closer to lambing time, it's split into two feeds. Now we're giving the oats in the morning and the soya in the evening. You have to remember that these sheep have lambs in their bellies, which reduces the appetite and makes them uncomfortable as well. So the two feeds mean that they'll really get all those calories and nutrients that they need. 
the whole oats are a cereal or a grain. So that's a carbohydrate rich feed that gives them great energy. They love their oats. And when letting them out to feed, you need to be fast or they will quite literally run you over. I am serious. These girls are weighing in at about 100 kilos easily. You don't come between them and their food. The soya, which we give ground up like a coarse powder, is a smaller ration, but it's vitally important for their milk production. Whereas the oats were a starch, the soya is a protein. We found in previous years, if this ration is not correctly worked out quantity wise, that can result in the ewes not having any milk for the lambs. Or else, if there was too much soya given, the ewes suffer from oedema and the milk is watery. If we get these quantities wrong, it's a major issue for us. New lambs need to drink at least 100 ml, preferably of their mum's colostrum, every four hours or so. For a mum with milking problems, that is a lot of work for us. The mums have their lambs in those big pens with all the yos in them. We leave them there until the full litter has been born and then the new little family unit has moved into a special individual pen. That gives the mum sheep a bit of privacy to bond with her new babies and adjust to her new responsibilities. It also means that we can make sure that the lambs are drinking from her and have full bellies. We've been setting up loads of these pens ready for use. They've been sprayed down with a powerful disinfectant and then we spread lime. This lime is the same white powder that dairy farmers will use to keep the cubicles clean for their cows. It's nothing to do with citrus fruits. It's actually made from crushed up limestone, but it has a very high pH, meaning it's very alkaline, which helps to thwart infection and disease. And it actually helps to keep the bedding dry too. One of the most important things to be mindful of in the lambing shed is hygiene. This is for our safety and to reduce the instance of infection or sickness in the new lambs. These are precious baby things. We've got to look after them. Compared to how we live, our sheds are much less sanitary than our homes. So there are all kinds of measures we take to try and give these new precious lambs the best shot at survival. I'll talk more about that next time. But needless to say, I have all those supplies ready to go. For the births themselves, well, we never know when they're going to happen hour to hour. So it's better to be prepared. I know that some animals will actually time their labour so that they will have their babies early in the day at first light. And that gives the young hours of daylight protection from predators as they find their feet. Not so with our sheep, I'm afraid. I often wish that they would be a little bit more organised about the whole thing, especially when I'm doing a night shift and having to get out of bed multiple times during the night to make sure everything is okay. On the plus side, when the mum starts lambing, for the most part she gets it done within a few hours. So, I'm in the sheds with the sheep every day. It's hard physical work, but at least I've been doing my routine for the past few weeks now, and my body's gotten used to it. Currently, my day starts with cleaning around all the silage feeders. They're on a concrete floor, so any wasted silage or muddy straw is gotten rid of. And then I'll put down a sprinkle of lime. It's not a nice job, to be honest, and the weight of the wasted silage and dung would put a shoulder out. If there's any silage still in the feeders, I fluff it up to make sure they can reach it. But I try to let them finish what was given to them yesterday before I give them today's fresh stuff. 
All of that nasty stuff that came up off the floor around the feeders is taken out and put onto the dung pile to keep everything as neat and clean as possible. Also, I mentioned before how I like to trip over stuff, so it's best to have it all gone from the sheds. I like to have what I refer to as clear runways in the sheds, and all free areas should remain swept, limed and with no obstacles about. I give each of the groups their oats in the morning. At the moment, the three main groups are led out to a yard at the back of the main shed, where we have feeders set up. One group goes out at a time, so they have lots of space and there's no competition for the feed. There's a trip up to the top of the hill to check on our empty yolams and bring them a bucket of oats. A couple of weeks ago, I was still making the daily trip up to the top of the hill to check on our empty yolams. However, we've since moved them and now they're grazing on lower ground. I bring them a bucket of oats to keep them happy every day. The rams, in a separate field nearby, also get a visit. And the alpacas, currently resident behind our house, get some oats too. When all the silage in the feeders has been eaten, I replenish the silage for each group. At the moment, they're eating about a full bale of silage between everyone, which works out quite neatly. When one bale is finished, I sweep out where the old bale was. Then I have to bring in a fresh bale and open it, ready for use. All of these bales have black plastic around them and then netting to hold the silage together. It's important that neither get into the feeders because the netting especially can cause tummy troubles if it's eaten. Once a week, we rebed all of the big pens. It's a job that takes a couple of hours and usually my husband does it at the weekend. The sheep have straw underneath them. Over the course of the week, and especially if the weather is wet, that straw kind of gets grubby. Remember, they're peeing and pooping constantly, you know? So when we rebed them, we'll spray disinfectant now that we're close to lambing time, we'll spread a generous layer of lime and then throw out lots of fresh straw for them. I imagine it must feel like having fresh bed sheets because they love it. They snuggle down in it and root around in it for tasty morsels. Okay, so while all of this is happening on the farm, what's been going on at home? Well, I actually started to make preparations at home after Christmas. This year I was able to get Christmas decorations down really promptly, and I even had them stowed away in the attic by mid-January, which is a hell of a feat for me. I know last year I was just totally overwhelmed and unable to deal with the magnitude of de-Christmasing the place and the Christmas tree was actually still hanging around fully decorated at the end of the month. You need to remember that from the beginning of January I'm way busier in the sheds and away from home more. Last year I don't know I just struggled with managing everything. The Christmas decorations eventually went up to the attic but I'm not even sure if that was pre or post lambing last year. Juggling all the things, it's tough going sometimes. Last year, we had an unexpected first year vet student come to us for some work experience. She was awesome, and even though she was local enough, she stayed a couple of nights. And she was a wonderful young lady, so eager to learn. Quiva, if you're listening, you're more than welcome to drop in and give us a hand if you're free. I'm hoping that my little brother might be able to come and spend a week with us while it's busy. That would be very helpful. 
We've made a tentative plan, but it really depends on what his work schedule looks like. I know it probably sounds a little counterintuitive to have guests over when we're so busy, but our families are wonderful at helping out and picking up the slack. So if he does make it, he'll be able to keep the fires lit, the washing will be dealt with, dinner will be on the table and our son will be able to maintain his current school and extracurricular schedule. Generally, the school run is shared anyway, but it's awesome when he can continue to do his other classes without any interruption. Because you have to remember, if my other half is at work and I'm on my own in the sheep shed and someone's lambing, I can't leave. Full stop. My mum might come too if we're lucky, because she's a wonderful help. For now, my laundry's up to date, and whether I'm on the farm or at home, I'll be trying really hard to keep on top of that. I don't know where the washing comes from. We are a family of three, but I can easily do two loads of washing a day. Is that even normal? I swear it gets out of control so quickly. Maybe the dirty clothes multiply in dark corners? I don't know. Probably those same dark corners where the other sock goes eternally missing. But seriously, we have days where we get in from the lambing shed and it would probably just be better to torch our clothing entirely and start over. I joke, but sometimes it gets pretty gross. That's just the nature of farming. I've stocked up on laundry detergent and laundry disinfectant too. I've loads of laundry baskets, so I'm feeling like I'm ready for anything. I have my freezer stocked up with dinners that can easily be thrown into the oven or served over rice. I stock up on fresh pasta because it cooks much quicker than dried. And I always have some sauces on hand, either in jars or in the freezer, that'll make a quick meal. Frozen curries can easily be thawed and reheated and the rice cooked in the microwave. Pasta bakes are another popular option. I have frozen pastry and my egg layers are laying like crazy at the moment, so it's easy to whip up a quiche, especially when I keep a small bags of sautéed bacon and onion in the freezer too. A stock of naan breads and sticks of garlic bread will help to bulk up meals because this is a carb-hungry time of year. It's not unusual to do upwards of 20,000 steps a day at peak lambing time. Lots of energy is needed. I had one genius afternoon where I made a huge batch of shepherd's pie using our own lamb. I'd used some of my own handmade stock and some leftover wine. It was rich, full of flavour, full of veg and delicious. But it wasn't until I was portioning it up for the freezer that I remembered that actually I kind of find lamb really hard to eat over the lambing season. As a result, we've been eating shepherd's pie at least once a week in the run-up and I've since made a separate batch of cottage pie with beef instead. And you know the funny thing is, I now remember that I did exactly the same thing last year. <laughs> That's just for the main meal of the day though. Part of the challenge of lambing time is the hours. Sleeping for a couple of hours here and there, coming in from the cold at strange times, you wouldn't believe how wonderful it is to have plenty of Brennan's white slice pan and bags of potato, cheese and onion crisps on hand. 3am, exhausted, starving. The joy of a potato sandwich at a time like that is only sublime in all its processed wonderfulness. Breakfast cereal too is in heavy supply in my pantry and makes for another great snack. Yogurts, cheese and crackers, 
jerky, granola bars. All that stuff is quick and easy to grab too. There's definitely a great stretch to the evenings. And now when the sun shines, there's actually heat in it. It's just a little bit. And most of the time I do want a sweater on, but it's there. It's getting warmer. And this means that with that extra daylight and the warmer temperatures, it's obvious that the grass is doing well out in the fields. And that's important because when we have our lambs, we want them out in the fields. As you can imagine, the garden isn't getting a look in at the moment. I've been thrilled to see the buds growing on some of our shrubs. My witch hazel is in flower and smells awesome. And we're at the very beginning of daffodil season. I've been drooling over any seed catalogues I can get my hands on, mostly online, but I haven't started any seedlings yet. Usually, I'm a little over-eager at the beginning of the year, but generally seedlings that are started a little bit later catch up, so I'm really not that bothered. Our chickens are laying eggs like there's no tomorrow, and I've been gifting them to everyone who calls to the house. I've also started to think about whether I'll get some quail this summer or if I'll get some meat birds, or maybe some turkeys. Really though, that is a long way off. Our start date for lambing this year is about the 20th of February, and all I can do is have as much ready as possible. The weather is going to be a major factor for us. I mentioned earlier that it impacts on grass growth and how quickly we can let the lambs out of the shed, so I'll be keeping my fingers crossed. We've been looking at the long range weather forecasts and we're hoping, but the Irish weather is anyone's guess really. So we'll play it by ear in terms of how quickly those mums and lambs will go back out into the fields. Sleep will most likely be elusive over the next while, though my husband and I do tag team really well. And generally we alternate the night shifts so that we're only there every second night. That means that one of us sleeps every night. So at least one of us is on the ball. But the long hours are hard going and it'll be really important for us to look after ourselves and each other. Now is not the time to get sick. So I always get the flu jab if I'm offered it and I'll be taking multivitamin supplements too. I know that if you eat well, you shouldn't need them. But at this time of year, I'll take anything that I can get that might help in any way. I have a good stash of sensible snacks ready in the shed too. So everything from tea, coffee and juices to cup soups and ramen style noodles, little brioche rolls, popcorn, even nuts and jerky. It's not always possible to leave the shed and when you gotta eat, you gotta eat. We've plenty of water on tap too, so I'll be very much trying to get my two liters in every day at least. So what are we hoping for over this busy time? Well, to be perfectly blunt, live lambs. I know it sounds awful, but I know that there will be some losses and I absolutely dread that. I'll do everything in my power to make sure those numbers are as small as possible. And that goes for the mums too. Losses are pretty unavoidable across the board. Our mums are vaccinated, we feed them well, they're provided with clean bedding and everything that they need. All we can do is keep an eye on them. We look out for the signs that indicate that any of them might be unwell and we treat them accordingly as soon as possible. It can be costly, but if we need to call the vet, we call the vet. But we can deal with most things ourselves. If we have a mum die, that means we have a lamb or lambs that we have to care for. And that just adds to the workload. 
So as they say, prevention is better than cure or a stitch in time. Whatever. You get the idea. So, overall, we have a few busy weeks ahead. While it is hard work, gruelling even, I love the season and we'll look forward to updating you folks next time. Till then, you can catch up with me on Instagram at Misty Green Living. I'll be posting there regularly and you'll be able to catch up in real time. My website is www.mistygreenliving.com where I have a blog and lots of other information. Please feel free to get in touch on Instagram or through the website. I hope that over the coming episodes you'll listen along and if you subscribe, you'll be notified when there's a new release. Also, you'd really be helping me out if you'd like and share this because that'll help other folks to find us. That's all for now. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And if you've any comments, I'd love to hear them. Take care of yourself till next time. Much love and woolly snuggles.